0: This is 15 Minutes to Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Nidell, and today's episode is Are You Committed to Your Commitment? So it's crazy. The majority of my life, I have openly, quickly committed to everything. Like the whole idea of just saying yes, like being a yes man, like that Jim Carrey movie where all he did was say yes, I feel like that's how I operated the majority of my life. If anybody needed something done, if someone needed a space to stay, if people needed clothes to wear, if they needed a job, my instant answer was yes, right away, I'll figure it out. And I've loved that about myself. I think that's great. I think wanting to help and care for people is an admirable quality, and I do it from a very sincere place. Never look for anything in return, it's just how I'm wired. But in that wiring, there comes some pretty unique deficits, and one of those deficits are unfortunately letting people down. having these big commitments that I make to others in my life, and then backing out on them, it's a little unique, it's a little rough. And I say unique and rough because I really don't know the right adjectives to put around it. Now I think of the biggest commitment as of late that I haven't honored, it's actually not all that long ago. So I got engaged to Lindsay I always forget. I say December 27th. She says December 29th. It's one of those two days. I'll just say sometime between Christmas and New Year, I got engaged to Lindsay a couple years ago. And in that engagement, my best friend at the time was a guy named Matt. Matt and I were friends for three, four years prior to this. And I had a big elaborate plan on how I wanted to ask Lindsay to marry me. I mean, massive. There was this big shindig I was going to do and surprise her. Well, all that shit got thrown out the window. Like I, I fully realize now when I have something of that magnitude, I am not the best to keep my mouth shut and hold on to it. So here we are, I believe it's a Thursday night. I stopped by the jewelry store to pick up her ring. Now I had a ring, I I guess they call it custom made. I couldn't find the exact thing that I wanted. So I actually found a wedding band, had them remove the center stone from a five stone wedding band and had them solder on and create a solitaire setting by mounting her diamond into this wedding band. Made it super easy to pick out the wedding band to match uh, a couple weeks ago. But in the meantime, I finally get to see this, this ring. It finally comes in, and we went back and forth about different diamonds. And I pick it up, I'm holding it, and it's shining under the light, and I'm just giddy. Like, I know my life's about to change. I don't have any fear that she's going to say no. There's no butterflies in my stomach. Like, I'm just fucking pumped. Like, I'm ready. So this jewelry store is in downtown Columbus. It's cold. It's December. It's just after Christmas. You know, sneak in, grab the ring, just before they close, and I'm driving home. And as many of you know from listening to this podcast, I take Lindsay on a date night at least once a week. Like it is a preset thing. And our preset thing was this Thursday, the Thursday I'm speaking of. And so I, you know, zigzag and weave out of traffic. It's lightly snowing, slipping over the road a little bit, but I get home to her. And I'm like, shit, what am I going to do with this ring? I can't bring it in the house. I can't do any of these things. So I put it in the trunk, leave it in its bag, hide it in the trunk. Now, I'm skipping over a part to this. I'm driving home and I'm weaving in out of traffic and I can't help myself but multitask, maybe like you. I'm probably one of the worst at sometimes looking at my phone while I'm driving, occasionally texting, maybe looking at some social media, maybe just staring out the window. Like, I'm fully on autopilot when I drive. I'm not always 100% present in the moment. But I'm present in this moment because I'm driving home and I pick up my phone and I call Matt. I'm like, buddy, I got the ring. I'm going to ask her to marry me tonight. Wait, What? because he knew it was a completely different plan. He said, yeah, I picked it up, I just can't wait. Can you do me a favor? He lived pretty close to where we ended up. So I said, Matt, would you do me a favor and would you end up meeting Lindsay and I for dinner? Which, of course, absolutely, why not? He, Matt's a single man at this point, or dating around, or whatever you'd like to say it. Has a son, but doesn't have a son with him at this time. He said, sure, I'll meet you. I said, great, what's gonna happen is I'm gonna eventually hand my phone to you to record a video and just roll with it. You don't have to do anything, just act completely normal. So he says, fine. So again, I speed home, get get home in time to pick up Lindsay, pick her up, get her in the car, and we drive to Easton, a local shopping center, shopping mall here in Columbus. At a restaurant we wanted to go to. And as we're driving from our house to this mall, shopping center, whatever you like to call it, it's outdoor, we're having a pretty heated discussion. And this heated discussion the entire time we're driving is all about the fact of, Christmas didn't go the way that she wanted it to go and we didn't get engaged and she thought for sure there's gonna be a ring under the tree and it's just going and going she's beating on me pretty hard I mean for Lindsay like we have a really great relationship but in this 25 to 30 minute drive it's getting pretty heated for us because I obviously can't tell her I have a ring in the trunk of my car and so I just have to take it on the chin and say like look it's gonna happen when it's gonna happen and it's back and forth and back and forth and I'm trying to deflect like I normally would, trying to think of what I would normally say when I wanted to say, like, shut the fuck up. I'm going to ask you to marry me in, like, 45 minutes. But, of course, I can't do that. So we up to up at the shopping center. We, I tell her that Matt's going to meet us on our date night, and she's not necessarily excited about that, as we've just been arguing a little bit. But she rolls with the punches. I mean, that's who she is. And so we get inside, and we sit down at the table. And at this point, I'm still in a suit. I'm fully suited and booted, I would call it, as I was still in the custom clothing world. And so I'm all dressed up so, being all dressed up, it's surprisingly difficult to figure out where to hide a ring box in a suit. You know, those things are pretty bulky, and my suits are pretty tailor fitted. So, we're sitting around the dinner table at this uh, Adobe, you know, uh, Abuelos, a, a res- Mexican restaurant here in Columbus. I step outside, so I need to excuse myself to make a phone call. I run to the car real quick, grab the ring, I'm fiddling around with it, trying to figure out, take it out of the box, leave it in the box. I'm like, I gotta bring it in the box. So, I put it in my jacket pocket. Put in this jacket pocket and go back to the dinner table. Like my hands are sweating. I'm so worried that she's going to notice this big bulge on my jacket. She's going to blow the whole thing. But she doesn't. I take the jacket off, put it on the back of the chair, keep touching back. You know, Lord knows I've, I've lost plenty of things in my life, and I'm not looking forward to accidentally losing this ring that's in the pocket of my jacket. Now, it's inside the jacket. It's not in the outside pocket, but I'm still, you know, every once in a while subconsciously just tapping back to make sure it's there. So we get done, and I say, look, I want to go get some ice cream. And the ice cream shop, of course, yes, December 27th or 29th, whatever it is, and it's middle of winter, it's freezing, I so said I want to walk and get ice cream, so I have to walk through the mall to go get this ice cream. And she's looking at me like I'm crazy. Like She's already pissed off that we're not engaged. She's not all that happy that Matt's at dinner with us, and here we are walking through the mall to get ice cream, which she typically loves, but it's cold out, so she doesn't even want ice cream. So we walk through, and we get to the center food court area, not even food court, just kind of a common area. And we get there, and I'm like, here, Matt, hold my phone for a second. I need to record a video. Because at that point, I was recording videos almost every day for Facebook, my old personal Facebook account. And the videos were anything and everything, no different than this podcast, just in a video form versus audio form. Those videos all still exist. Never took them down. I also have, side note, also have a complete YouTube channel, which every one of these episodes is aired on my YouTube channel. Pretty simple to find, just Ryan Nidell, N-I-D-D-E-L. It's there. But it wasn't foreign for her to then see me want to hop on camera. So I give Matt the phone, step behind the, you know, in front of the camera, however you say it, I'm like, Lindsay, get in here, you need to be inside of this one. So I start telling the story that I just told you about the whole fighting on the way over and asking me to marry her, she wants to be married and we're not, and setting goals for 2017 at that point, gosh, we got engaged in 16, setting goals for 2017 and what those look like, and her biggest goal was to get married or to be engaged, I think. And no sooner did she say that than I... Pulled the ring out of my pocket, got down on one knee, and asked her to marry me. Tears streaming down her face. She's got a, a knit hat on. She's super pissed off about the way she looks. She's been grumpy all the evening. And here I am recording it real time. And only do I record it? But then, I, of course, I can't help myself. I share the shit to Facebook. And another side note, Akon ends up picking it up because a buddy of mine helps him with social media. So Akon runs it on his social media channels, a couple other influencers. And all of a sudden, this engagement video has... 125 or 200,000 views in 24 hours. The craziest thing ever. But when all this stuff ends, in that moment, I look at Matt and I'm like, man, I thank you so much. I need you to be my best man. I trust the fact you'll just be my best man. Because, man, absolutely, I'm in. And we just continue. Well, as we continue life over the next year, over 2017, Matt and I drift farther and farther apart. Probably for both of our own reasons. If you were to ask him, he would say most likely it's because I've changed and I didn't honor a commitment to him. I came up with a business model for an idea for accounting and operational help for local roofing companies. And that idea came to me when I was working and helping Matt inside of his roofing company. And so this idea comes to me and we streamline and automate it. I say, look, like, I'll make you a partner in it. Like You and I will just 50-50 split it. I'll take care of all the hard work. You take care of the oh gosh, the, the cash flow and the accounts with all the vendors. And we'll make things happen. Well, one thing leads to another, and Matt's not able to, at the point of submitting things, Matt's not able to get his pieces and parts done. But me being a bull in a china shop and not really giving a shit at that point about anybody else, I mean, I care about other people, but I care about the success and the hunt at the highest level, Talk to Lindsay, and she's like, I'll just get the accounts, and I'll run the company. Perfect, perfect little job for me. So she does. And we make a couple bucks with it. You know, it's nothing massively lucrative for for anybody involved. But after four or five months of operation, Matt sits down and says, well, where's my half? And that causes a rift between us. It just doesn't feel right. You know, we, did, we weren't speaking. He felt like I was avoiding him. I felt like a I probably was avoiding him. You know, it didn't really feel right to have this conversation because I looked at it like the initial conversation we had, we didn't contractually agree to, and the piece and parts he didn't follow through with. But that's self serving. Lindsay's my fiance. Like, I probably didn't really want him to be a part of it. And so that continues on. And then by the end of the year, Matt and I's friend Miles and I become very close, and we're just not as close with Matt. Matt's going through some of his own evolutionary items, and it's just changing in his life and growing and expanding. And that expansion, wasn't lining up with where I was at with with Miles or in myself, in my own life. And so here I go, I look back now in this past December, and here I am my best friend from a year ago, the man that I asked to be in my wedding to be my best man, I haven't spoken to in two months. And then you jump all the way forward to March 3rd at 6.53 p.m. It's crazy how time just kind of sears in your mind. So 6.53 on p.m. on March 3rd is that I looked down on my phone and had a gentleman tell me that my best friend Miles had died. And it was within a 30-second window after that that Matt had called me and asked if I would spoken to Miles lately. See, Matt had also just heard the same news. Matt and I were, not intentionally, but ended up meeting at the Arnold Classic here in Columbus for what we would call the night show, the bodybuilding event. And in that, we start to have conversation. You know, I'm crying. I'm I'm beside myself. I can't even really process what's happened. And Matt's pretty stoic. He's dealt with this more than I have. And I remember clear as day, he looks over at me and he says, man, why did you and I stop talking? He didn't want to talk about Miles. He didn't want to talk about the emotion. He wanted to talk about him and I and what was going on. And divine intervention, or whatever you'd like to call it, The seat that Matt was sitting in was someone else's seat. He was just being a placeholder in that moment. And so Matt was asked to leave and move a few sections over. Matt and I never had that conversation. I don't know how that conversation would have went. I can't even phrase it in this moment what that little window of time truly felt like for every part of me. And so fast forward yet again from March until May 19th. May 19th is the day I got married, married Lindsay out in Malibu, California. And the commitment that I made to Matt to be my best man was no longer. I didn't have a best man at my wedding, because admittedly, had Miles still been around, he would have been the man I would have asked. Actually, I had already asked him to be my best man, but had not had the difficult conversation with Matt Wentworth, telling him that he was not going to be my best man. And so there's this trickle-down effect that happens in life. Like This is not the only place that this has reared its ugly head. I can think of not short of 10, 15, 20 times in the past year where I have committed to things and have not honored my commitment, where I have not been committed to the words that came out of my mouth. Now, it's crazy. I can always justify these actions away because none of them are ever done with malice. They all have a real genuine piece of them. For instance, there's a, an individual here that was introduced to you by Miles, who's a um, gentleman that sells fragrances inside Saks Fifth Avenue here in Columbus he's a guy who went to his art show a few weeks back maybe two weeks back and in that he's saying he's looking for retail space like he's looking for not retail he's looking for inspirational space and so it instantly pops on in my mind like I got this you know two thousand twenty-five 25 square foot 2,500 square foot office that's only got four or five guys in it at any given point We got a big corner in it that, that'd be great for your inspiration why don't you come in you can just use the space whenever you need it so I say and I leave I don't not mean that when I say it, but I, I'm so enthralled in the moment that I leave and don't think about it. Well, here this guy has consistently followed up with me. Like, he needs a space. He wants a space. And fortunately, now he's coming in tomorrow morning to see the space, see if it fits, which is great. Like, the more the merrier. But it was almost another fucking commitment that I didn't honor for no reason. Like, I had the opportunity to either shut my fucking mouth or take action when I speak. See, I pride myself based off of, I'll call it the warrior way, but really, just living a good life. Like, if I, I, I say very consistently, if I can't honor my own commitment to myself, how can I expect someone else to honor their commitment to me? My answer is I can't. It wouldn't be logical. I have to back up my words with actions. And not once or twice or when it's convenient, but every single day. And not situational. Like to me, situational ethics are bullshit. It's never fun or convenient to say, I'm going to go on a date night on Wednesday with Lindsay and Gianna, and then lo and behold, there's some magic thing that happens Wednesday during the day, and the guys from the office want to do something, or a friend wants to do something. And I'm trying to come up with every reason possible to call my family, who will understand, and change my level of commitment. But I realize as I'm driving in the car on the way home, That how I do one thing is then how I do everything, and I can't do that. That my commitment to myself, it's not even about them. It's if I don't commit to myself for that massive change and growth, no one else is going to either. So think about it. Think about your own life for just a moment, if you will. How many different places in your life are you, too, opening your mouth, having these commitments, and then not following through with them? Maybe it's because of social pressure. Like You feel obligated to tell your friends you're going to go out to the bar on Friday night. Because maybe you're single or you just enjoy being around your friends, but you don't give a damn about being at the bar. And every time you're getting ready to leave, you're trying to come up with 12 reasons as to why you shouldn't go. You don't like the loud music, you don't drink, you don't do whatever the things are. And so eventually you stop going, but you commit to going every time instead of having the difficult conversation inside of conflict of just saying, I'll gladly do things with you, but I'm not going to a fucking bar anymore. How often does that happen? That was my old story for a long time with the guys I was hanging out with before Matt. I would just go along with the flow. I would never have the difficult conversations. I mean, maybe it's in your business. You know, maybe it is that you don't really want to switch departments. You don't want to work extra hours. You're okay being just where you're at, and that makes you happy. There's nothing wrong with that. What makes it wrong with this is committing to work the extra hours and then showing up late for your extra shift or leaving early for the extra shift. Like, that's all bullshit. Like, you're not honoring your own commitment. It's not about anybody around you. It's only about yourself. And it's wild when you start looking at life that way and you look at it through the lens that you're the one that's responsible. It doesn't matter how these things make other people feel. It should make you feel badly. And if you feel badly, you'll stop acting the same way you've been acting. So you can't solve a problem from the same place you created, and you can't grow from the same place you started. You have to move, morph, and evolve. If you don't do these things fairly consistently, you become stagnant. Like, look at your life where you can also be stagnant. Like, it's so easy to fall into stagnation. Go to work, eat, go home, spend some time with the family, go to bed. Repeat until the weekend, stay up a little bit later on Friday, sleep in a little bit later on Saturday, maybe do some yard work, hang out with the family, try to figure out a way to get away from them for a little while because they're driving you nuts, get up and go to church on Sunday, maybe go to the gym, watch some football, whatever you're into on Sunday, get ready for the week, complain that you don't want to go to work on Monday, and you call it a day. Like, that's stereotypical America of just being complacent. Like Life is so much bigger than that, but to me it truly all starts with your own commitment to yourself. And what I found is when I start honoring my commitments, when I start backing up the things I'm going to say, Sometimes that's by not saying anything at all. I'm able to get way more shit done. Hey guys, Ryan here. Thanks for joining me today. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please head over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume audio and subscribe to 15 Minutes to Freedom. If this brought you value, please do me a favor and drop me a five-star rating. Then share this podcast with someone who needs to hear it. For additional content, head over to ryannidel.com. That's R-Y-A-N-N-I-D-D-E-L.com.